This episode features dramatizations of gore and harm against minors and animals, as well as references to domestic violence, sexual assault, and post-traumatic stress. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of Hercules and the Cyrenian Hind. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Greek legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Last week, we met the formidable Lernaean Hydra and its multiplying heads. This week, we continue our zoological expedition through the 12 labors of Hercules. And it only gets more dangerous from here. Because today, we move into an even more complicated phase of Hercules' trials. He must hunt down the Cyrenian Hind, the fastest creature in the world. That alone would be difficult for a hero built on brute strength. But to make matters worse, the deer is beloved by Artemis, goddess of the hunt. If he hurts it, he'll have to face her divine wrath, too. Coming up, a years-long chase. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hercules' first two labors were difficult fights, and certainly not straightforward. But ultimately, our triumphant hero slayed both monsters. The Nemean lion's hide was impenetrable, so Hercules suffocated it bare-handed. The hydra's heads multiplied at each slice, so with the help of his nephew, he cauterized each cut. At first, Hercules' third labor seems far simpler than its predecessors. Catch a deer, bring it back. Except that deer is the Cyrenian hind and sacred to the goddess Artemis. Legend has it that one day, Artemis came across five large hinds and was able to capture all but one. She tied the other four to her chariot and sought to capture the fifth. But the hind was fast so fast that even the goddess of the hunt couldn't catch it, which creates two major obstacles for our hero. 
For one, how is Hercules going to keep up? And even if he manages to nab the hind, what will he do about Artemis? This may have been exactly the trap Eurystheus intended. If the hind doesn't kill Hercules, Artemis certainly will. Hercules trudged north to the forested coast of Cyrenia, cursing Eurystheus. The king had assigned him an extra labor, according to him, because Hercules cheated when killing the Hydra. Apparently, he wasn't supposed to accept help, even from his little nephew. Eurystheus had never mentioned that rule before. It had taken all of Hercules' self-control to not throw him across the room. He could have done it with his strength overtaken the king's guards, too. But as soothing as that would have been, it would have only angered the gods more. These labors were his punishment, his fate. There was no point in getting emotional about it. One more or less wouldn't change anything in the end. So instead, Hercules said goodbye to Iolas and set off in pursuit of the Cyrenian hind alone. As usual, he wasn't given much information, only that a deer in Cyrenia had been destroying the orchards. He was supposed to capture it and bring it back to the king. Not a very creative labor, Hercules thought, as he approached a sparse forest. Then again, it was Eurystheus, and the goddess he served, Hera. Maybe they'd realized they couldn't destroy him, might as well make him useful. He saw a familiar owl on a tree up ahead. He groaned. It turns out I'm not supposed to have help. I'm sure you heard that. The owl floated off its branch and transformed into Hercules' half-sister, the goddess Athena. As if I have ever listened to someone like Eurystheus. But you have to, lucky you. Hercules grunted. If Athena wasn't going to be helpful, she didn't need to be there. He continued trekking forward, searching for tracks or scat. The forest had a thick underbrush, but was bright with sunlight, so he figured it wouldn't be long before he spotted it. Athena followed. Not very social today, are you? How are you going to handle Artemis? Hercules turned towards Athena. Artemis was the goddess of the moon and the hunt, and technically Hercules' other half-sibling. Yet he had never actually met her. As far as gods went, he'd only ever met Athena and felt Hera's dreadful presence. He'd assumed that Artemis had never wanted anything to do with him. Eurystheus made no mention of our sister, he said. Athena smirked. Maybe you need to learn how to listen. Hercules muttered that he had been listening, though maybe he missed something while he was trying to keep himself from murdering Eurystheus. What does she want with a hind? Athena rolled her eyes. Well, she already has four just like it, so the fifth is a little overkill, if you ask me. But this one is the largest, fastest, and fiercest. It evades even her best arrows. She will be very displeased if you best her in capturing it. Hercules sighed. Of course there was a catch. Capturing a creature was easy, even an especially fast one. But now he had to outdo the literal god of pursuit. What should I do then? 
Athena glanced towards the underbrush and smiled. Slow down and just listen. At first, Hercules scowled, just another riddle as usual. But as the conversation stopped and the forest grew quiet, he heard the faintest rustling of leaves. Hercules followed Athena's gaze. Light glinted through the ferns. Hercules thought it was just the sun coming through the canopy, but then he saw what looked like a gold sword push through the leaves. He stepped back on guard. The sword grew longer and longer, then divided into many prongs. They were antlers, the largest antlers he'd ever seen, majestic and made of glittering gold. Slowly, the hind itself emerged from the brush. Its head alone was the size of Hercules's chest. It had heavy bronze hooves, and its eyes stared at Hercules's as if curious. Hercules reached for a rope from his pack, then glanced at Athena. And you thought I'd have to out-hunt Artemis. Looks like her hind came right to me, he whispered. Athena didn't respond, as if stunned, he was correct. The creature was completely still, just holding Hercules's gaze as he tied a knot in the rope. Hercules couldn't imagine such a large, stout animal getting anywhere quickly at all. Assuming Artemis didn't show up right away, this would be simple. Hercules leaned forward as carefully and quietly as he could, preparing to strike. He made sure to keep each movement as small and still as he could. But just as he prepared to toss a rope around its neck, the hind seemed to realize his intent. A puff of smoke escaped its nose, so ashy it was almost like fire. Hercules coughed and fanned away the smoke. When it dissipated, the hind was gone, no more than a glimmer of gold disappearing through the trees. Hercules turned around, trying to understand what had just happened. What do I do? He asked Athena. Athena looked at Hercules. Hercules looked at Athena. She groaned. You know what I think you should do, Hercules? Chase it! Coming up, Artemis joins the hunt. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility. And some implausible ones, too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I use social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation. Because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, 
free and only on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. Hercules ran as fast as he could after the hind, pushing off the trees around him to gain more momentum. He was lucky that the forest wasn't too dense and filled with sunlight. The hind's antlers glimmered in the brightness, allowing Hercules to track it as it switched directions. He was going faster than he ever had before. His calves twinged with fatigue. He could barely breathe. This was not a speed he could keep up. But he was closing the gap, getting closer and closer to the hind's nub of a tail. Just a little longer. He was close, so close he could almost touch the deer's golden fur. He'd just have to yank the deer down by whatever he could grab, then restrain her with brute force. So he stretched his arm long, grabbing at the air, almost there when the deer stopped abruptly, causing Hercules to somersault forward. That was not how this was supposed to go, he gasped as he scrambled to his feet. Meanwhile, the hind took off in a different direction. He was just about to run after it once again when he heard the strangest sound. It was coming from behind him, like the wind, but higher pitched and more powerful. It whizzed and whirred, streaking through the forest until he realized it was right behind him. Hercules threw himself back to the ground. A silver arrow flew over his head. There was something ethereal about it, glowing like moonlight. But his attention was taken up by something else. The arrow had brought the night behind it. Suddenly, he was laying in a pitch-dark forest, lit only by a full moon. Hercules clenched his fists nervously. What was this strange magic? He had signed up to chase down a monster, not contend with the laws of physics. Plus, in the dark, his chances of catching the hind were much slimmer. Except, as the arrow thudded into a tree a few hundred yards in front of him, he realized not everything was dark. Beyond the point of the arrow, there was a clearing bathed in bright daylight. Almost as if the arrow had dragged a curtain across the sky and revealed the moon. At that, Hercules felt his pulse start to quicken. He had a feeling he knew who had fired at him. Only one god carried the light of that glowing orb, Artemis. But Hercules took a slow, deep breath. He couldn't get distracted by the goddess. If she shot more midnight arrows his way, he'd just dodge them again. In the meantime, he could still see a glimmer of the hind's gold in the clearing up ahead. He launched back into a run, this time a bit slower, preserving some of his energy. It seemed this hunt would be a test of endurance. But as long as he could keep the hind within eyesight, eventually it would wear out. 
He leapt over fallen oak trees, dashed through myrtle and oleander bushes. The sunlight came closer and closer, and he had just reached the line between night and day when another arrow whizzed by. The chase continued this way for some time. Hercules was gasping, and his vision felt blurry thanks to the sweat dripping down his brow and the constantly shifting light. Still, he ducked the arrows and followed those bronze hooves, and followed and followed. It felt as if days turned into weeks, then months. By the time he'd gone through a year's worth of moon cycles, Hercules felt his heavy limbs begin to drag. The hind was built to run, and Artemis was built to chase it. He was only a demigod, built for killing. He couldn't compete. Hercules was on the verge of collapse when the scent of salt water filled his nose. He'd run all the way to the Gulf of Corinth. But what could this beast do near water? He wouldn't be surprised if it could lap the whole Mediterranean and drag him all the way north. When he reached the sea, though, he found the hind skittering on the sand, smoke billowing from its nostrils. As each wave came in, it turned away in a panic, then examined the coastline. It was rocky and irregular. There wasn't enough room to maneuver if you wanted to keep away from the water. So it couldn't swim. That was useful, or at least Hercules thought it might be, until it turned towards him fire shooting out of its nose. Hercules dove to the ground to avoid the flames, but his momentum rolled him all the way into the silt. The tide crashed against his body. He spat out seawater. A sharp sea breeze whipped against his wet clothes as he dragged himself to his feet. And then, as he stood there scowling, a new feeling started to override his exhaustion irritation. He was not going to be beat by a deer, golden antlers and super speed or not. He assessed his surroundings. The hind had nowhere to go. It was trapped by water on one side, steep cliffs on two, and Hercules on the fourth. Hercules reached for his rope and brought it up slowly, braced for any more bursts of flame. He tied a loop at the end of the cord. That's the end of my patience. The hind blew another flame at the ground and gave a cocky toss of his head. Hercules tightened his grip on the rope. He was more than happy to test the creature's confidence. First, with a taunt. In the end, you're all just meant to be hitched to carts and chariots, aren't you? Then he lifted his looped rope, keeping his hands out in front of him, a non-threatening position, if the deer didn't look too closely. Now, I'm only supposed to capture you, not kill you. Let's take our solace in that. The hind shuffled to the side. Hercules stepped forward. The hind's nostrils smoked. It lifted a foot to step back. Hercules took his chance. He caught the foot with the rope and pulled. The hind tumbled to the sand and thrashed. Hercules danced between its magnificent horns and managed to loop the rope around another hoof, then another. He could smell victory. 
Finally, yes, the fourth, he yanked the rope tight, pulling all the creature's legs together. Instantly, as if shocked, the hind stopped struggling. It leaned back on the sand, looking pitiful and confused. Hercules looked down at it and frowned. It was a magnificent beast. It was almost sad to see it brought so low. But he shrugged off the discomfort and said, I keep my word, beast. No need to look so sad. You'll live. All Hercules had to do was carry her back to Mycenae, but that would be no trouble, a simple question of strength. He was thinking about the best way to bring it up to his shoulders when a sound stopped him. This time, it wasn't the sound of the arrows. Hercules looked behind him. It was Artemis in her chariot. Coming up, Hercules makes a promise he cannot keep. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, back to the story. Hercules had just cornered the hind by the water when Artemis's chariot landed on the sand. He kept a tight grip on the rope binding the hind, then drew his own bow and one of his poisoned arrows. He'd planned on using them on Hera and Hera only. Could he really kill his own half-sister? Would he be able to hit her at all? Artemis stepped down onto the sand. Her four hinds stood immobile behind her, as if awed into submission by her presence alone. And she was awe-inspiring, even to Hercules. She wore the short tunic of any hunter, but her every muscle was ready to run. Her skin was dark as night and covered in stars. Her hair and lips glowed a pale white. Hercules could see moonlight in her eyes, and he could only think one thing. She was so cold. Hercules released his bolt on instinct. Artemis grabbed it out of the air and looked at him with a raised brow, as if she was laughing a silent, icy laugh. She examined the tip of the arrow, then looked back at Hercules. If you meant to use that on a living being, you are as cruel as our stepmother says. Our stepmother, he thought. Not once had she tried to befriend him like Athena. Any cruelty here belonged to Artemis and Artemis alone. The hind knew it too. It panicked as she approached and the tide rose in response. 
the water seemed to reach up towards the goddess, its depths swirling and churning higher and higher along the narrow beach. Good evening, goddess. I think there's been a misunderstanding, Hercules said. Artemis's lip curled. We understand each other quite well. The hind is under my protection. You will turn her over, and I will make your death swift. That was not an appealing notion. Hercules countered, I am not killing at all, Huntress. I must bring the hind to King Eurystheus. A large wave crashed towards Hercules, so hard the water stung his knees. And what will he do then, Hercules? Do you know? Do you care? Hercules didn't. How was he supposed to? It was just a deer. He'd be happy to kill it right then and there, give up and swim away in the water. But he couldn't. He was trapped in these labors. He was the one that needed care and affection. I have no choice. That stepmother of ours tricked me into murdering my wife and sons. I've wronged them, and this is my act of penance. Hercules turned his head. He wouldn't let Artemis see him cry. But suddenly, the tide calmed, and it grew quieter on the beach. Artemis put a hand on his chin and turned his face towards her. Her eyes were soft now. They reminded him of his wife, Megara. So were her words. I did not know that. I had only heard you were on another quest. But my vows are simple and clear. I am only trying to protect this creature. Hercules's breathing slowed. He took another look at the hind and let himself see her vulnerability. She quivered on the ground. And he felt her pain, the anguish of being trapped. But he wasn't a beast for Artemis to capture. He could reason and he could talk. He could get out of this. Just let me bring her to Eurystheus. He will not harm her, I promise. Truthfully, Hercules did not know what Eurystheus would do with the creature, but he had to try something. Artemis stepped back. She must have sensed his hesitancy because the tide grew stronger once again, almost threatening, creeping up the shore. But then she nodded. I will allow you to take the creature, but do you understand the weight of this oath, hero? If you betray me or my hind, I will hunt you. Are we clear? He kept his voice as steady as possible as he replied, Clear as a moonlit night, Huntress. With that, Artemis turned on her heel, mounted her chariot, and whistled the way a huntsman does to its hounds. Her silver arrow flew out of the sand and back to her quiver, taking the knight with it. Hercules squinted in the newly bright light. By the time he could see once more, she was gone. After a moment of stunned silence, he almost laughed with relief. He'd survived Artemis. At least for now. He put the hind on his back, climbed back up the dunes, and walked south, back towards Mycenae and Eurystheus.
When Hercules walked into the king's hall, the hind on his shoulders, Eurystheus looked shocked. You brought the hind alive? And Artemis didn't… interfere? Hercules nodded, hiding his nerves. Well, come, let's see it, the king said. Hercules brought the hind down as gently as possible, standing over her protectively. He wanted the king to see he'd accomplished his labor, but he couldn't break his promise to Artemis. He had enough powerful enemies already. The king seemed fascinated by the animal. He even climbed down from his throne to inspect its golden antlers and bronze feet. Then he clapped, a little smile twisting his face. Good, we'll take the beast from here. Hercules placed his hand on the hind's bonds. Take her where? Eurystheus scoffed. The temple, of course. We must honor our great goddess Hera with a sacrifice. Unless you have a problem with that? Hercules clenched his jaw. He couldn't say no, lest Eurystheus give him another labor. But he couldn't defy Artemis either, or he'd be dead before the rest were finished. He had to do something. But negotiations were not Hercules's forte. He looked around, calculating the number of Eurystheus's guards. There were too many of them this time. He'd be overpowered by sheer numbers. Hand her over, Eurystheus said. The hind struggled against her bonds. Her golden eyes were pained. Smoke tried to escape her nostrils, but failed with exhaustion. He looked from the poor hind to lazy, cowardly Eurystheus. She'd fought so hard. She'd eluded gods. If anything in this world deserved to live, it was her. That's when Hercules had an idea. He adjusted his hold of the hind's bonds. Of course, majesty. Hercules beckoned the guards to come over and held out the hind's bonds, as if to hand them off. But as soon as a guard reached out to touch the rope, Hercules dropped it. It fell to the floor, suddenly leaving the hind's hooves in a loose pile of twine. She could run. The hind righted herself in an instant, blowing fire out of her nose. Chaos erupted in the hall. The hind tossed over benches, tore the fabric of chairs, and sent Eurystheus diving behind his throne. Hercules laughed as he watched, and the hind bolted out the door. When the chaos subsided, Eurystheus poked his head out from the throne. Hercules cleared his throat and spoke. I'm very sorry, your majesty. I thought your guards could handle her. I'll come back for my next task tomorrow. You seem like you've got some cleaning to do. Then Hercules walked out the door. He knew Eurystheus would blame him for the stunt, but that was a problem for later. In the meantime, he'd kept all his vows, and the hind was free. Above Hercules' head, the sun shined.
Many of Hercules' labors involve wrangling monsters, but the Cyrenian hind is all about speed and endurance. Some versions of the legend have the chase lasting over a year and crisscrossing all of Europe. But while the chase may be physically demanding, fulfilling the labor and his promise to Artemis requires a different kind of dexterity, the ability to think fast. Hercules is forced to improvise in two very stressful situations and to choose the non-violent solution each time. Like the hind, the labor itself is deceptive. The story of the hind also differs from other labors in that it has a comedic ending. Hercules releases the animal in Eurystheus's court, creating utter chaos. But that doesn't make the story any less rich. One of the key moments in this labor requires Hercules to open up and ask for mercy. He has to beg Artemis to let him take the hind to his taskmaster, simultaneously revealing his guilt about his family's murder. Vulnerability is a hard lesson for a hero to learn, especially for one like Hercules, a man far more likely to use fists than words. But when facing down the goddess of the hunt, he's forced to find both humility and grace, lest he become the hunted. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with another set of monsters from Hercules' labors, the Stymphalian Birds. And if you want more Hercules, make sure to head over to one of my other podcasts, Tales, for his messiest labor of all, Cleaning the Aegean Stables. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Riche, with writing assistance by Stacey Nemec and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances, and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify.